Hi friends, thanks for tuning into the Patient Experience Podcast. I'm really excited to bring you today's interview. Um, we bring Joe Krasniski to the crew. Uh, it's our first nursing interview, um, and I think it's really awesome to hear his perspective on patient experience uh, through the eyes of a nurse. We talk about some of his tried-and-true communication skills and techniques. Uh, we talk about some of the things he does with de-es- for de-escalation of upset patients, as well as kind of the violent and psychotic patients. And if you stick around to the end, or I guess, uh, you know, if you're impatient and want to fast-forward all the way to the end, we're going to hear about the concept of the helper's high, which is a really cool thing that I hadn't really heard um, articulated in that way before. So I want you to hear it. Uh, So thanks for tuning in. And without further ado, here's Joe Krasniski. Well, hey, everybody, this is Justin Bright. Thanks for tuning into the Patient Experience Podcast. Uh, I'm very excited for our next guest, uh, which is Joe Krasniski, one of the nurses in our emergency department. Joe, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. You have, uh, you know, a really important distinction for this podcast. You are the first nurse that we've been able to feature on the podcast. And I've been really looking forward to having you on. So thanks for being with us. And uh, it's a, it's an honor, man. I mean, I'm following up. I'm following after uh, Dr. Joni Caldoun, our chief yeah. medical officer of Michigan. I mean, who am I? I've, uh, I've made it, I guess, in a way. <laughs> well, you know, what I really liked about you. Uh, I love working with you, but you know, you actually had approached me in the past about wanting to be a part of the podcast because you had some really important things that you felt, uh, you know, were important to share uh, from the nursing side of patient experience. So we're going to get into that real soon. But as always, I think it's really important for the team to kind of get to know who we're talking to. So if you wouldn't mind, Joe, tell us a little bit about your origin story. How'd you end up at Henry Ford ER? Yeah, so I, uh, I went to Henry Ford College in Dearborn. I got my associate's degree there in nursing. Um, and shortly after there, I um, took my NCLEX, got my license. But while I was in uh, nursing school, I actually got my foot in the door um, as a nurse extern. So I was basically working just as like a technician in the emergency room for about six months. Kind of worked my butt off to, you know, make a good impression. And I persevered. And I've been here in August of this year. I will be a nurse in the ER for five years. Wow. Congratulations. Doesn't seem like it's been that long, man. You're you're an elder statesman all of a sudden. It's crazy. Yeah. After like two years, one of the managers came up and told me, he's like, you know, you're a veteran. I'm like, what do you you mean? I'm a veteran. Like, I feel like I I just finally started to get a grip on this and everything. But it's a it's a challenging environment. And the five years of experience, I almost feel like it's I've gained like 10 years of experience with how challenging our ER is and getting to work with so many smart people and doing, you know, working with complicated patients all the time. It's a, it's a, re- it's a really cool place to work, you know? It really is. And uh, I have a feeling you and I will be forward lifers. Again, part of the impetus for this, this interview was you felt like you've had some unique experience or unique perspective as a nurse in terms of how you interact with patients, communicate with them compassionately, um, and, and really emphasize the patient experience from a nursing side. So I was hoping maybe we could delve into that more. Um, you know, it's kind of op- open mic, whichever way you'd like to take it. But uh, uh, the floor is yours. So uh, what what <clears throat> of my what are my favorite things I like to tell patients is, you know, I'm I'm called a registered nurse, but I, li- I like to just be a real nurse and kind of kind of having that real realness approach to everything, because we're we're seeing patients on, you know, their worst day in the ER. You know, they didn't make an appointment to come see us. You know, they went to their doctor's appointment and then they end up in the ER. So they're already kind of in this like very down negative mindset. So if I can, 
you know, make them smile or make them laugh just by talking to them, kind of make light of a, you know, heavy situation. It's something that I've uh, found that I, I think I'm proud to say I've, I've gotten pretty good at over the couple of years I've been doing this. And basically uh, giving these patients that, you know, couple minute conversation to kind of, you know, tell me how they really feel. And a lot of the times they're not, they, they will tell you, you know, they feel good. And then I'll kind of probe them a little bit more to get out some more information about, you know, you know, what, you know, what, what, what's going on outside of your life. There's so many more external factors that affect these patients and yep. um, being able to talk to people about like family or, you know, their work life or anything like that, just to kind of get their mind off of, you know, the suffering or pain sure. or whatever they're dealing with is, has become, it's pretty, pretty therapeutic as for, to say the least, you know? Absolutely. And, and I think that what, what that is, is, you know, not just kind of taking them at, at face value or face level, it's, it's digging deeper and really <clears throat> connecting with them as a human uh, in a pretty surreal environment uh, that, you know, we think is normal because we do it every day, but is very exactly. not normal to anybody who's, who's experiencing it for the first time. Do you have any kind of tried and true techniques that help you connect with your patients, certain, you know, go-to lines or, or jokes or certain things that, that work for you? Oh, that's uh, the the real nurse thing that always gets a good laugh out of people. That's yeah. for sure. Um, usually, whenever I'm doing an IV, that's when uh, you got to really kind of finesse with some people because a lot of people are very, uh, very you know, anxious about it, or scared about it, whatnot. So yeah. I like to try and you know, talk about it like you know, I'm just I'm just trying to do my just doing this very simple thing, like no big deal here. Try and distract them like i said and uh what's it well because you know part i i have a colleague who who argues that a lot of what we do um in in emergency medicine is that we're fear reducers that's really what we are uh, yeah. i mean there's a lot of different ways to look at what we do but fear reduction is i think a, a key element in that and just kind of bring the anxiety level down and you know the, the the docs go in the room and we interact and we get our our history and we update and whatever. But the nurses are in there for a fair amount of time, uh, oftentimes a lot more than the, the doctors are. And so I'm wondering if you can kind of give any insight into what kind of things that you've gotten from patients that maybe the doctors didn't get, or messes you've had to clean up after the doctors have left the room. Not physical messes, but you know communication messes and those kind of things. I, I think that understanding that dynamic would go you know go a long way for our listeners. Yeah, I had a, a patient who he was, you know, no medical history whatsoever came in like full on stroke symptoms kind of went in there after and I sat down a technique I learned from you, you know, get eye to eye with the patient and talk to them on a human level. Um, just kind of explain to him, you know, what kind of like the pathophysiology of it a little bit, uh, you know, encouraged him to ask questions, you know, just was there for him because he was there all by himself this was um you know when we weren't really allowing anybody sure. into the hospital whatsoever so just to just to be kind of be that person at the bedside with him you know and uh not just as a nurse just like as a person just kind of caring for him yeah in general just being genuine that's something that i i've i always strive to do even even on like the hardest days i always try and just be a a genuine person you know i'm there i'm there, there to take care of people so i'm gonna I'm going to, I'm going to give a damn about you. And I don't care if you've been there, you were in the ER three times already today. I'm going to come up to you and treat you, you know, as you should be, you know, and there's a, like you said, we do spend a lot, a lot more time at the bedside. That's for sure. So that's helped me, you know, 
get better at it over the years and I've definitely made some mistakes. Um, yeah, call, we all do. Call, none of us are perfect. <laughs> yeah, you know, calling somebody's, you know, uh, wife, their sister, or just yeah. like, you know, so I was, you know, yeah, make sure to ask, you know, oh, how are you guys related? <laughs> right. Uh, always including the family member at the bedside is a, a vital, vital thing to do. Um, there's so many times where you, you're so focused on the patient, you're so busy that you're just, you know, in, in triage, for example, you know, you need to get their vitals, you need to determine what area they're best fit to be seen in, you know, do they need an EKG, blah, 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 all this other stuff. And then there's this person sitting there that's just like staring you dead in the face, like, hey, yeah. I'm over here. And it's like, oh, hi, like, what? who are you <laughs> just to try and always uh, include everybody in it. And typically uh, we've, you know, we've had family members that are usually the ones to try and, you know, control the situation or talk over the patients. You just want to include everybody in it. So we're all kind of on the same page rather than, you know, having that, you know, awkward tension in the air. Sure. Well, you oh. gave me like five different things I want to unpack there. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but since we, you were just bringing up family members, that's one of them. Like, so let's talk a little bit more about, about the family, right? Because oftentimes I, I've come to realize that the patient experience is, is really important, but it's really the patient and family experience and the way that the family experiences care while they're sitting on the cot and what they see going on around them or, you know, in COVID times over a phone because they can't get in at all, um, you know, is, is incredibly important in terms of the overall perspective of patient experience. And so I'm wondering a little bit more about, you know, how you interact with families and, and how you include them. It's obvious, you know, going beyond the introduction, but there, there's some people are very skilled at including the family in the care of the patient in terms of information or otherwise. And I'm wondering if, if, you know, you have any techniques or things that have gone well in that, in that regard. Yeah, for sure. Um, for good examples, um, basically if, you know, the, the family member is visibly upset or things in that regard, you know, giving them tissues, just like the simple gestures go so far. The smallest things, the little things are what really, really helps, you know, everyone kind of feel better being in the emergency room. The emergency room sucks. No one wants to be yeah. there, you know, and kind of making them feel like, you know, they're welcome there too. You know, to if I'm asking, you know, the patient a question and they, you know, want something to say, I'm like, oh, like, what's, uh, you know, tell them, tell me more, please. You know, you have their medications in a bag, hand it to me. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look at each one of them for you and make sure that we're, we're all on the same page here. We're all getting everything in the computer correctly. You know, we're going to get, we're going to take care of you guys to the, the best of our abilities. Um, they're. You know, then we have, you know, we work in a very, very diverse, you know, city. So we have a lot of patients, you know, with language barriers. And mm -hmm. I have uh, a minimal background in Spanish. I can speak a little bit. I can do like a, a you know, I can determine basically if someone needs to be go, go to recess or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I have my manners. And sure. um, a lot of times with like a, yeah, like Arabic speaking patients, I'll uh, show, I'll show, you know, I'll say like shukran, which is thank you. And they, their eyes always just light up and look at me and they're like, Oh, you speak Arabic. I'm like, no, <laughs> I just, that, that was manners. it. That was the extent of it right there. I'm like, I got, I have, I have my manners and just yeah. having man, just having, you know, politeness in general yeah. with, with the family members and just being respectful of, you know, that they, they don't want to be there. And, you know, I just want to make them feel like, you know, you need to be here and we're going to, we're going to make sure we 
do whatever we need to do so you can get back out essentially. So um, one thing in nursing that they've always taught is like the holistic kind of approach to everything. So including all those external things. So like the, with the family members, um, I, I've had situations where, you know, someone's, you know, petitioning somebody because they're just off their meds, you know, super sad, whatnot. And being able to walk away with the family member just to talk one-on-one on on what, like, really what's going on? Tell me, tell me your side of it. So, and I'm going to hear their side of it. So we can all just kind of figure out, you know, what we, what we can do for you, essentially. Um, um, another thing is, you know, with kids and their parents being there, that's, that's always a tough situation. You know, no one, no one likes seeing their kid in the hospital whatsoever. And I unfortunately got to experience that, yes. um, bringing my daughter in to get some stitches after she decided to headbutt the park. Um, <laughs> but, um, I was, you know, I felt weirdly calm driving there because mm-hmm. I knew I was I was going to our ER I knew I know everybody that works there I know we're gonna we're gonna get this you know excellent care of taking care of us but being on that side of things really kind of put into perspective what our pa- like our patient's family members see sitting in that chair and it's horrifying yeah <laughs> it's you know I after after you know everything was said and done I went into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I, I was so pale I was like yeah. oh my god like look at me I don't know it's such a mess so I kind of got a a little view into you know what what those family members do feel you know being at the bedside and kind of just feeling helpless you know all they want to do is help them and then it's kind of up to me to to help them yeah I think that helplessness is you you hit that on the head it's a huge feeling of helplessness for somebody who's been the primary caregiver of the loved one right like when we we get somebody let's say in, in cat one right like we don't know them. Like we, we, we've known them for two minutes. Whoever's with them in the chair has known them for an eternity. And you've, you've, you've got to validate their, their role in caring for that person. Um, if, if you're going to get anywhere and yeah, having some empathy of being on the other side, right. And, and knowing how gut-wrenching it is to, to be a family member, watching something be done to a family member. Um, it's, it's terrible. And, you know, eat, and so one of the other things you brought up besides your, your daughter headbutting the park, um, you know, you're a new dad as well. And there were some things with patient experience there that I know you wanted to talk about just in, in terms of what it was like in labor and delivery and being on that side, uh, you know, experiencing the care instead of delivering the care. I was wondering if you could expound upon that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I was, uh, you know, this, this go around was a, a scheduled C-section. So first go around it was ended up with an emergency c-section so we just wanted to make it as seamless as possible this go around which it turned out to be to be that way and we uh basically the nurse that was taking care of her before she went in I actually took care of a patient that we went up to L&D with and I I told that nurse I'm like oh yeah I'll be up on your unit in a couple weeks Mm -hmm. and she she ended up being our nurse so it, it was it was it was quite unique you know we're just sitting there talking about whatever just life kids things and you know I'm just like in the back of my head I'm like oh my wife's going to get surgery (laughs) like (laughs) yeah okay I feel so calm but also terrified at the same time but just that that interaction with the nurse being able to just talk um be just be myself not you know remain in this like anxious state that my you know my body likes to resort to it's just you know it's it was a 
it, w- it was really, really cool. And I have mad, mad respect for those nurses up there. That is uh, a field I want nothing to do with. <laughs> it's beautiful, but not, it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it you makes it special. But the, the quality of care here is supreme. And that, that that's why we chose to have both of our children there. It was, you know, quality over that, you know. <laughs> and I uh, really, really felt... Uh, I felt even more comfortable having experience going through that experience before of a not so great experience the first time, not, not, not in regards to like how the care went, it was just kind of emergency C-section that was the result of the, the laboring process, yeah. you know, but even, even in that experience too, everyone just was so, so caring and would explain everything so thoroughly. Um, one of the, one of the neonatologists, he actually was explaining to me about, you know, uh, my baby's head like they were basically worried about a bleed with with my daughter um and he was explaining it like like out of a textbook and i'm like i'm like okay so we're worried about this and he's like oh you're 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 in the medical field i'm like uh yeah i'm a nurse and he's just like then turned like flipped the switch and just started talking to me like a normal person i was like thank you like yeah i was like i was like panicking like what what are you saying to me right now like well well, let's talk about that a little bit like yeah right because again we because of what we do we are able to to understand things in a a different way than 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 lay people right normal Mm -hmm. people on the podcast can't see me doing the air quotes right now but i'm doing the air quotes for normal people and 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 that's always something that I I really try and remember because we do speak a different language. And so I'm trying to imagine, you know, when, when my wife had her C-section, you know, kind of in the first few days postpartum, if a neonatologist were coming to me trying to explain a friggin', you know, potential head bleed in my brand new baby, uh, mm-hmm. doc or not, like, like, what was what was that like? Was it an effective conversation? Because it sounds like there was two different conversations, pre-identification of nurse and and, and post. So, yeah. you know, and, and this is not in any means to cast aspersions, but I think more to, to illuminate just kind of how difficult it is to have these conversations, but ways that we can do it well in ways that maybe we're not. So what, what was that like uh, having that conversation? Yeah, initially I was already just all adrenaline up and already just like, sobbing like for hours it felt like it was just such a rough day um to begin with so when you know the baby's finally out and I'm I'm holding the baby as he's like explaining all this stuff to me I'm just I'm he, he's talking to me and it's just like hitting me in the face and just like I I, I I I'm not absorbing anything you're saying right now it was just going right through me and the initial bit was mostly just fear you know fear of um you know is my is my baby going to be okay on the obvious elephant in the room you know is she going to be okay she needs to go to the NICU okay tell tell me a little bit more about that and um I kind of take this back to the ER there's there's times where you know we have you know highly intelligent doctors who go into a room and they you know we do these things we get this elaborate diagnosis on somebody and then I I'll go in and say, like, oh, your troponin elevated, and they leave. And I'm like, they don't know what that is. You know, right. it's like you got, you got, you got to make things simpler. That's that's the one thing I've always, you know, put into my nursing practice. Is just keep things simple because it's so complicated. Everything's so complicated. Everybody's so complicated in their own way. You know, um, 
with uh <clears throat> with that being said i've i've actually recently i don't know if i can change the subject here but sure, i've of course. Uh, it's I've, your uh, interview joe you do what you want yeah um i've uh been i just started precepting some new nurses and it's been something i always kind of was passionate about was teaching because i i used to teach swim lessons to kids and i realized i really like you know teaching somebody something and seeing that uh end result of you know it's very very rewarding and one thing i always tell the nurses that i'm working with you know we're we're working in a very challenging environment you know these patients you know have 12 things in their medical history it's our job is very simple though you know we need to we need to worry about the abcs we need to get really good at doing ivs we need to just keep it simple do you talk to the to the nurses that you're precepting about you know how to effectively communicate with their patients and the families and and things of that nature or yeah for sure i mean we'll you know depending on whoever it is um we'll you know i i tend to stick around in the room for things and, you know, introduce myself and say, you know, we're, we're here to take care of you. Um, and one, uh, I, I thought of one of the, the techniques kind of catchphrases I like to tell people is, you know, you're here so we can worry about you. So leave the worrying to us. I'm getting paid to worry about you. You don't, you don't need to worry. Like that's, that's my job. So you just relax, take it easy. We're going to, we're going to do all these fancy tests, x-rays, blah, blah, blah. So we can, you know, get you back out there and kind of giving, you know, my audience kind of an example of what I, what I say and how I talk to people um, just kind of hope that it rubs off onto them in a way, yeah, or course. they kind of get, get that example, kind of see, see how other people approach it. And that was something that I kind of learned from, you know, as when I was, when I was an extern, I was you know, worried about checking everyone's vitals and all this other stuff, but really I was just kind of spying on the nurses. I'm like, Oh, you know, how does, how's, you know, this person talk to this person, or I see a nurse, like, you know, there are times where, you know, your patients are gonna try and clap back at you, and um, I actually heard something, it was a couple of years ago, that our job is more dangerous than a police officer's job, because mm. we, we are in a, you know, the police bring us patients right from the street, you know, we have the patient who was, you know, found down laying in the middle of Woodward, trying to chase cars, or something crazy like that, or they just got in this bad altercation and they're just full of rage and I got to try and get their blood pressure and I'm just kind of like all right like I'm gonna help you here try and help you or yeah it is <laughs> it absolutely is and you know they they deserve to have a you know a legitimate and uh, and caring relationship with their healthcare team too they're obviously actually in a critical condition at that point um yeah but you know de-escalating violence versus de-escalating an un, a legitimately unhappy patient for some reason are, are really like two forks on the road, like two totally different entities. Um, I mean, we could really talk, the residents in particular love hearing this part of the discussion. They, they really like hearing about de-escalation techniques. I guess with, with the, the emotionally unstable, potentially violent patient, what are some of the things besides obviously security presence that, that you do to help kind of de-escalate and create kind of a whatever you can in regards to a trusting relationship with the patient most times these patients will come in handcuffed so that's when i kind of feel the most safe to kind of go up and introduce myself kind of let them sit there for a few minutes kind of let them try and uh, orient themselves to where they are and you know realize you know they're at the hospital being able to just get in there and you know let them know you know you're here you're safe 
ensuring that they're safe over and over and over again, just letting them know that we're going to, we're going to help take care of them no matter what. And that's all we're here to do just so they know that we're on their team in a way, because there's too many situations where it's us versus the patient rather than us trying to help them. It doesn't yeah. feel like we're helping them. If they, they think, you know, they're in jail. That's another thing I like to tell them. You, this is not jail. This right. is not jail. This is the hospital. Please hear me. It is the hospital, not, not jail. And, you know, once a lot of the times, like I've been in situations where they uncuff the patient and it then it's just me and this patient. And, you know, you got to really be on your toes in those situations. You got to make sure, you know, you're not putting your back to a patient like that. You want to make sure you got people on, you know, standing by just to mm-hmm. be there for you if need be. And, you know, there's so many so many, you know, tough, uh, what's the word, tough situations that just life events, life traumas that our patients have endured. Yeah. I've, I've been able to actually like in our mental health area, you know, if I, you know, don't have a full patient load and I can kind of sit down and talk with one of them and just kind of talk about their past and things, it's, it's eye-opening to say the least, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, that's all incredible insight and, and very well said. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Let's mm-hmm. go down the other fork uh, of the road real quick. What about the legitimately unhappy patient where you're safe, everything's cool, but they've got a beef. Maybe it's boarding times. Maybe they got moved to a hallway. Maybe they waited too long to be seen or who knows? I mean, people are upset about mm-hmm. any number of things. How, how do you respond to that? Because typically you're the first person to know that they're upset. Oftentimes it's the nurse before the doc uh, mm-hmm. in that regard. So how do you respond to that? And what kind of techniques have you found to be helpful? That's something I've become quite, quite experienced with and kind of doing like the damage control. I like to call it yeah. or putting out the, putting out the uh, fires. So I like to number one, be like, okay, whenever I'm getting reported or whatever, I, I not, not all of us do it, but bedside bedside report is something that is just, it's, it's so powerful. It's a yep. great, great tool to use. If you really want to, you know, take good care of people. Um, it's, you know, there's studies left and right that say, sure. you know, it's improves patient, patient satisfaction outcomes. Safety. This goes on. Yep. Safety yep. for sure. Um, that yeah, report is when the most amount of, you know, falls occur and unfortunate events, but the, the unhappy patient who just got stuck in the hallway um, that's staring into my soul and wants to jump out of the bed and get me, I will um, yeah. tell them, you know, I'm sorry. This is how it is. We uh, we're really busy. As you can see, you're in the hallway. <laughs> um, try and give them some perspective on what's going on behind them. And that the fact that they're in this hallway is because they are not sick enough to be in a room. That's, that's my, my go-to phrase in cat one when you know they're in a half spot mm-hmm. sitting around the sitting around the desk i'm like it's honestly it's like a, a good thing that you are not in one of those rooms you, yeah. you know they can they can look right behind me and see the intubated patient sitting there or you know what's the chaos around us depending on the day um mm-hmm. just trying to you know just be just be apologetic tell them you know we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to the charge nurse and see you know or talk to the bed access team. Um, just tell them I'm doing everything that I can for them, but I'm going to, I'm going to try my ass off for you. Yeah. You know, that, that's all I try and do. And there's unfortunate days where you're 
you get burnt out of that and mm-hmm. you know you get your tech telling you you know you know patient 212 d's pissed at you or just pissed in general and i'm just like man like i got i gotta go through this workup i gotta do this this and this and then i gotta go you know try and <clears throat> smooth out the situation that's the opposite of smooth <laughs> right you know um so a lot of a lot of patients are very understanding of that you know considering the environment and the fact that they're we're, we're trying for them it's just it's like a i like to describe the ER as a club you know nobody wants to get in but everybody's here right you know, it's line out the door <laughs> yeah and you know i haven't been a hallway patient obviously but i gotta imagine it's a pretty abandoned feeling you know to yeah to go out in the hallway and, and so one of the things that i really try and focus on is is you know when i have to get involved in that discussion is making them see that just because they're in the hallway doesn't mean that we're forgetting them or preventing you know providing them any less of a standard of care it's just we're doing it in a different location but then you got to back it up that means probably checking on them twice as much as you would if they were, mm-hmm. you know, in 212D or whatever, like mm-hmm. if they're, if they make their way out in the 213 hallway or the 228 half space or whatever, like it, you almost have to check in on them more just so they know um, that, that you haven't forgotten them. And, and yeah, it takes time. It's frankly, not a lot of time. It's probably going to save you time over the long haul. Um, but you, you've got to, you as in the collective whole of all of us not you joe mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. you gotta mean it it's it, words are one thing but you gotta back it up with presence and i know that it's really difficult because if they're in a half spot it means that the place is burning down uh and you got other tasks but it, it's it's those little things that um that go a long way i wanted to circle back to something that you said like five topics ago uh yeah and, you know that was you had mentioned like Basically, even if somebody's in the ER for the third time that day, you're going to go up to them and say, hey, how you doing? And, and treat them like a person. And, you know, I think that that's probably inherent in you. I think that just knowing your makeup, that seems to be just in line with your personality. It's not always inherent in everybody. But um, even when it is inherent, I imagine there's days when it's tougher than others to, to be that way. And so I guess what kind of self-awareness or insight do you have in terms of you know, what makes you that way? Why do you feel like it's important to you to do that? And, you know, on the busy days, how do you make sure you're still doing it? Easy, I think on the easy days, you know, but on the hard days, how do you make sure you keep doing it? Um, I I tend to say, think, I I know I am a a quite optimistic person and kind of keeping that positivity alive in the ER has definitely become you know, a struggle treating them like, Hey, you're back here again. That's what's going on. What, what happened now? You know, rather than, you know, scold them or make them feel bad. Like they're clearly not having the best time in their life experience. So why should I make them feel worse? You know, it's, it is what it is. If, but if, if they want to, you know, they're clearly struggling and maybe not medical ways, but there's all their you know social factors and things like that that you should just be respectful of and understand that you know they're they're struggling. Maybe not in the emergency like way, but uh, I've learned that the, the term emergency has you know eight million different definitions to everybody. You know, I what I think of an emergency is not what you know you think of an emergency versus you know someone on the street. You know, it's that's what makes our job so so challenging but so beautiful because we're just constantly kind of deciphering through this massive amount of information thrown at us 
you're bouncing back and forth between so many different situations and it's 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 really I, I really enjoy it it doesn't sound very pleasant when I say it like that but it's 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 but, cool it, but it is I actually think what you said in that kind of segment there was incredibly poignant and and very well said like it is what makes our job beautiful and you know our 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 frequent our frequent visiting patients like no they their situation must be that unstable that they're spending an overwhelming majority of their day with us on a recurrent basis. Like, so their, their overall social structure is, is poor. They're, they're going to get sick. One of these times their access to healthcare besides us has got to be incredibly poor. And, you know, treating them with a, a fair shake is how you ensure that the one time they show up with a real medical problem, that it isn't missed. Right. And, um, you know, one of the things I, I think about, we had a frequent visitor who used to spend like literally every night in our department. Uh, and this was probably a year or two ago. And it was like, you know, minus, it was like minus 30 wind chill, snowpocalypse kind of night. And there he was hanging out in the 100 hallway. And I looked right at him. I'm like, you know what, man, I'm really glad you're here. And I wondered if anybody had ever said that to him in our emergency department. I was just really, truly happy that he was there that day. And it just struck me. I was like, I bet you nobody's ever said that to him in our ER. Right. So, you know, I think in that moment, there were, there was a humanism there that they probably don't experience all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if people can hear in the background, but there's fireworks going on outside of my house. I thought I, thought I heard something. It's I Memorial it Day here. weekend that we're recording this, guys. So happy oh, yeah, uh, that's Memorial true. Day. And there's fireworks going on outside of my house. So, all right, Joe, why, you know, I, I think that we've taken up a lot of your time so far. And I, I loved everything that you, that you had to say. It, kind of as we make our way towards the end here, is there anything else you feel like you wanted to get off your chest or talk about that, that we haven't really gotten into yet? Um, I mean, I, I can talk about patient care for hours on, on man. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's what I do for a living. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I found this field and I, I'm a, it takes a special person to do this kind of work. And I've, I'm honored to be one of them and be able to help people out. I, I believe in doing the most amount of good for the most amount of people. So this is kind of my niche here. It's uh, it's what it's what I feel I'm, I've been meant to do, and it's it's pretty cool. You know, it's hard at times, but it's it's pretty cool. You know, talk to your patients. You know, get to know them. Ask them. Ask them off the wall questions. You know, take take their mind off of the suffering. Um, just be real. Be real to your patients. Don't uh, don't undermine them. Just they're there to get help. Let's help them. You know, they might not be nice, but we're doing a nice thing for them regardless. So sure. that's uh, that's something. There, there was one other thing that I've learned recently that okay. um, we, when we take care of people, we actually get something called a helper's high. And it's, it's similar to like a runner's high. And I've noticed when I'm like, you know, I'm working, working real hard in cat too. And I'm, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. I'm like, man, like. I feel so good right now. Yeah. Why do Why do I feel so good? And after hearing that, I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." I'm I'm picking this up, and so kind of you know work work for that work for that helper's high, you know, because you're you're doing something good, and then you get to kind of feel good in return. So it's it's nice. I, I love that you put it there. I've never actually heard it that way before, but I yeah. totally agree. Like I I absolutely know a euphoric feeling when 
when patient encounters go great or when I de-escalate a situation or when grannies want to give me hugs or when somebody asks for my card and says, hey, do you have an office? Like whatever it is, like just getting somebody a blanket and a sandwich, man. Like I, I feel this euphoric, addictive feeling that, that I want to replicate. I want to keep doing it over and over again. And, and that's where my passion in all this truly lies. And um, I'm glad that you put it that way. I like helpers. I, I'm going to, I might have to yeah. steal that one, buddy. Thanks yeah, for, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Put that one get, out there. Get I like your helper's that. high. That's what, no, that's, that's what we cool. Do. And you're right. And <laughs> yeah. comparing it to a runner's high, like that's, that's, that's what it is. It's hard work, man. You got to work for mm-hmm. it. But when you mm-hmm. get it, um, you want more of it. That's for sure. Exactly. Uh, it's like a, I, it's like the best selfish thing you can do there. You know? Yeah. But it's a win-win, <laughs> right? Cause you're, cause somebody else is benefiting from it. And, um, you know, that's, I think why all of us got into this game. I think sometimes it gets lost in all the, all the stuff, you know, surrounding what we do, but that's, I think why all of us got into this game is in the end, we want that helpers high. we like helping people is really what it is. And so well put, man, I think we should go out on that. Yeah, Sounds um, great. So I, I just want to say that it's been a fantastic talk with you, Joe. Thanks for being a part of the podcast and, and really thank you for being a part of the Henry Ford family, man. We're very lucky to have you. I think you're a fantastic nurse. I love your vibe. And uh, I, I thank you for wanting to be a part of this podcast and share your passions with others, man. So thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, thanks for listening to the fireworks show in the background. And uh, let me know uh, what you thought of the interview and if there's anybody else you want to hear from in the future. So thanks again, guys. What you do matters. And thanks for listening to the Patient Experience Podcast. So there you have it, folks. Another interview in the books. I want to thank Joe for being a part of the Patient Experience Podcast. It was really awesome to hear the nursing perspective on patient experience. And of course, I want to thank everybody who's tuned into the Patient Experience Podcast. It means a lot to me that you care so much about communicating effectively with your patients and that that you care so much about taking care of patients. Uh, I think that we work with an incredible crew uh, and it really comes out in these interviews. So what you do matters. Keep fighting the good fight. And let me know if you have any feedback or if there's anybody else you'd like to hear from in the future. Uh, So thanks again for tuning in and have a wonderful day, guys.